Thank you, God. Amen. I'm starting this Sunday. I'm starting a new series. And I've called it Dare to Trust Him. Dare to Trust Him. And it's a theme that I'm really passionate about. Because in a world where everybody's looking for some reason, you know, they're looking for something to be a logical argument every single time. They're looking for scientific proof and everything else. And we seem to be in a world that just emphasizes that so much. It's a call to trust in someone who they cannot see, but they sure can experience if they trust him. And actually, these notes are from a couple of years ago, and I know I've probably shared bits and pieces of this, but I've never put it together as a whole series. And uh, by the way, just a quick plug in here. If you have not already, these sermons are on podcast, a Podbean, or Facebook. So uh, if you ever want to go through them again, uh, not just because you want to hear me again, but... If you ever want to hear these messages, they are on podcasts. And I, I don't know about you guys, but I listen to a lot of sermons on podcasts when I drive. I listen to a lot of sermons as I drive uh, and just encourage you to do that too. Not just us, but there's so many sermons out there which you can follow. Anyways, I just, I just feel that this is really the right time to share with you because I really believe that God is God is getting ready to stretch us individually but also as a church. God is getting ready to stretch us and I got to explain this uh, a little because I have been an athlete almost my whole life till recently I was uh, I was very active. I used to run a lot more, I used to play soccer twice in the week and uh, till around five years back when I tore my uh, my knee up but the older I got I realized this I'm using a sports illustration here the older I get the more I realized that before I played the game the real game I had to stretch properly because if I didn't stretch, I usually ended up hurting myself. It just happened because if I was, you know, I'd pull a muscle, throw my back out, something. But I think this is how it relates to us because God is getting ready to stretch us because he's preparing us for the real thing that's coming. Amen. I don't know about you guys, but I am ready for what God has next in store for us. I am ready for that. But before we can go there, God is going to stretch us first. God is going to stretch us and I'm ready. And I just got to go back a couple of years to the summer of 2017. And I had a stirring in my heart. And I think I shared this at church too. But in the summer of 2017, God was really impressed on me that he was taking us into a new season as such. Into a new season in our lives, in our personal lives, but also in the life of our church. And, you know, I really had no idea what that was about. I really had no idea what that would look like. And I remember asking God, hey, you know, I've just come, started here at Radiant Life Church. I mean, this is new. Is there something else that you are talking about? And literally, I mean, a month later, Heather and me had this conversation about 
adopting a kid. Literally a month later, and it just clicked. Because we had had this conversation before we were married, actually. I never had this conversation again. And then all of a sudden, a month later, after the stirring in my spirit, we had this, this conversation, and it just clicked for both of us. It just happened, you know. And, you know, we talk about that happening in the summer of 2017. And by May of 2018, we had this picture of this beautiful little girl who now we have in our arms and in our home. Think about the stirring, the new beginning for the church, the new, something new that God is doing in our hearts. Again, in the summer of 2017, I had no idea what it would look like. Think with me, a metal door, a four-foot hallway with an eight-foot ceiling, and now what do we have back there? It wasn't me, I promise you. Please don't rob me of my blessing by giving me credit for any of this. It is God who is faithful when he puts something in your heart. He is faithful to do it. It is all God. It is all God. Please, it's not me one bit. Look at this church. It's different. God is doing something new. He gave me that in the summer of 2017. By the summer of 2018, we had something new. It's all God. I would rather be like that flower that's there in Psalm 103. You know the flower that's here one day, it's gone the other, and this place remembers it no more. I would rather be that, guys. Hear me out here. It's not about me. It is about God and His faithfulness in our lives. When He said He was going to do something new, He began that process. We are just blessed to be part of it. I pray that you will hear my heart through this because I really feel God is taking us through or he's going to and about to take us through a season of stretching us where he's going to stretch our faith. He's going to stretch our faith, test our faith so that we will be ready for what is about to come. Because if we aren't ready for what is about to come, we are going to hurt ourselves like me going out and playing a game without stretching at all. But are we willing are we willing? Because this has been such a burden on my heart the past few weeks, really. Are we willing to allow God to stretch us? Because this is it. We don't always understand it all. I did not understand what God was talking about when he first impressed it on my heart. But all I did was obey. And when we obey what God has in store for us, even though we don't understand it all, even though we don't see the end, when we obey, He does what He has to do. That's when He fulfills His promise that He has given us. And I challenge you and encourage you in this season. Dare you, dare you to trust Him. Are you willing? Are you ready? I sincerely hope so because I am so ready. And I encourage you during this next season of your lives to trust Him more. Trust Him more because He's going to stretch your faith. He's going to grow your faith. Here's the truth. Stretching and growing means testing. Stretching and growing means testing. And very often when we are stretched, we feel uncomfortable. But are we ready? To be moved out of what we are really so comfortable with right now. Again, I challenge you 
We may not have you and I may not have all the answers. The challenge is to trust him. Trust him. Trust him. And I've titled this week's sermon, Fear versus Faith. Because we know what faith is all about. Hebrews 11 verse 1, it says, Faith is the confidence of what we hope for. The assurance of what we do not see. Assuring something that we know, that assurance we have. Even though we do not see it. When it comes to life, we know this already. If you've been in church long enough, there's always two ways to look at something. There's a way to look at it from man's perspective, which is a natural perspective. And there's a way to look at situation from God's perspective, which is a spiritual perspective. The challenge for us today. Please understand, faith is not delight. Okay, faith is not denying reality. It's choosing to trust God above reality that it looks like right now. Because if you think about it, I always, the first, when I ever I talk about this and think about this, I always think, think of Elisha's servant, what's his name, Gehazi, however y'all say it here. He was so, the, the army surrounded the city in which they are in and he started to freak out. And Elisha just prays one simple prayer. He says, God, open his eyes. And when his eyes were opened, what did he see? He saw the armies of the Lord that numbered more than what the armies really were. That's what faith really does. When we see things through God's perspective, it gives us faith. It brings and builds faith. I think about Hagar and Ishmael. She's been walking in the desert and uh, Ishmael is lying there almost dead and she's crying out to God. And then she lifts her eyes and God shows her that water right there. That's what faith is all about. I'm walking these two disciples after Easter, walking back and they have no clue what's happening. Jesus walks right beside them and they're walking together. They have no idea what's happening till it says, and they opened, Lord opened their eyes. And then they recognized him. I pray that God through these next few weeks and months will open our eyes to see things in the spiritual realm more than just in the natural human realm. That God will, will. Open our eyes to see things that we've never seen before. Here's the point, church. We will never grow. Whether as individuals, families, or as a church. We will never grow until we stop looking from a natural perspective and start looking from God's perspective. Looking from God's perspective. Because if we rely on our natural human eyesight. Our natural human perspective, it will result in fear. But when we look at things through the way God looks at things through spiritual eyes, it builds our faith because we see things for what they really are from God's perspective. Turn with me to the book of Numbers and I've got a few principles here because fear is the devil's number one tool to stop us from accomplishing receiving what God has in store for us doubt and fear numbers 13 keep your uh, in this we're going to go through these two bits of uh, verses through these two chapters but let me give you a brief background Moses has led these 
people out of Egypt, you know, they've crossed the Red Sea and they're at Mount Sinai and they've, you know, they've got all the Ten Commandments and everything else. And so what do they do now? Moses sends out 12 spies to check out the land. Ten of them come back totally freaking out because they saw things with their natural eyes. Two of them, two of them were willing to look at it from God's perspective. The reason they freaked out was because they saw things from their own perspective. And guess what happened? When they did not step out in faith, they missed out in the blessing that God had promised them. They missed out on the blessing. Because this is what fear does. This is what looking from a, from a human perspective does. It exaggerated the problems that they had. It exaggerated the problems that they had. When we look on things and rely on our own human understanding, we exaggerate our difficulties. Problem with people is this. God had just delivered them from the mighty Egyptian army humiliated these people, totally annihilated this biggest, baddest army back then. But now they go into the promised land and guess what? They're scared by a few tribes of people who look so big. When God had just destroyed the whole army. It's kind of crazy because every time I read that, I shake my head because how soon did they forget what God had done for them? How soon did they forget the miracles that he had performed for them? And it's simply, you see, that fear crept in because they were looking at things from their human natural eyes. They saw their problems, but it seemed to them that that problem was way bigger than it really was. If you turn with me to 13 verses 27 and 28. Here's the thing. Whenever you look at a problem too long and focus on it and dwell on it, it becomes bigger and bigger every time. Numbers 13, 27, 28, it says, They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw the descendants of Anak there. Drop down to verse 31, uh, 31 and 32. It says, The land we ex explored, what does the land do? devours those who live in it and all the people we saw there are of great size talking about the land eating up people everybody that lived there talk about an exaggeration that's exactly what it is they are also negative two positive and ten negative and guess who the people believe because it is our natural tendency to fear. It is our natural thing to fear because we focus on the negative way more than the positive. We fear. And honestly, this is not just for people out there. It's for people here in the church too. Because sometimes and not sometimes, very often, there are more naysayers and critics in the church and warriors and doubters in the church than they need to be. They need to be people of faith, but we live in fear and doubt and worry and allow it to consume us. Exaggerating what the problem really is and what you see here really is a negative attitude is contagious. It started with 10 people, but 2 million people were almost, you know, 2 million almost. How many people came out? 20 million or 2 million? I forget. 
Two million. How much was it? One. Whatever. Millions of people. A lot of people. Negativity spreads so fast. Ten people influence a whole nation basically and they wanted to turn away. They were scared. I mean, all this time, they've think about it. All this time, they're so excited. They've heard all these stories. They've heard all these promises. They're all excited. And all, all of a sudden, they see these giants and they freak out. And they get scared. And they're thinking. And the funny part is, if you read Joshua, it's the people in Jericho who were scared of these guys. They were really scared. But these people, because they saw things through a human perspective, they failed to see or they, they exaggerated the problem. And here it is. Because they... They failed to step out in faith. They wasted 40 years. One whole generation died because they saw things through a human perspective and not from God's perspective. When you look at things from a natural perspective, it will fill you with fear. The second thing I have is it does. It filled them with fear, but it also made them underestimate their own abilities. Underestimate their own abilities. Verse 33, 13, 33 says, we seem like grasshoppers. I mean, if you read that verse, it says, we seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we look the same to them. I mean, how do they know what people talk? I mean, they were so scared of the people. I doubt they went and had a conversation. Hey, what do you think about us? <laughs> what was skewed there was their own perspective of themselves. Their own perspective of themselves. That's what was messed up. They thought they were grasshoppers in their own eyes. In their own eyes. It was just, I mean, you talk about it, just insecurity. Their fear made them look at themselves way less than what they were really worth. That's what, when we depend on natural eyes, we do not see things from God's perspective. We see ourselves even lower than what we really are. Grasshoppers. Grasshoppers. Happens to us too. You know, one person says something bad about us and then we come in and we think everybody's thinking bad about us right now. 99% of the time, 99.9% .9 of the time, they aren't even talking about you. Aren't even thinking about you. But that's what it is. Because we give into our insecurity, we automatically assume that we are worse than what we really are. We assume that the situation is way worse than it really is. Way exaggerated, way more than what it really is. We've got to learn to look at things with faith, not through fear. When you see things through naturalized fear, fear creeps in. And we, this is what happens. When we allow fear to creep in, our identity is built on our fears rather than on Christ. That's it. Our identity is built on our fear rather than on Jesus who really is our identity. Number three. They exaggerated their problems, their own abilities, they underestimated, and this what happens. They easily get discouraged. Easily gets discouraged. When I look at things from my own perspective, from a human perspective, I easily get discouraged because it looks so big and so hard. I just get discouraged. Discouraged. Chapter 14, verse 1, it says, That night... All the members in the community raised their voices and wept aloud. It's like, okay, let's have this big pity party and let's invite the whole nation along with us. Weeping aloud. Come on. Discouraged. Disheartened. 
Because they couldn't go into the promised land. Why? Not God's fault. It was their fault. They didn't have the faith. And so they're weeping aloud because now they're discouraged. Man, we've been so excited all this, way, all this while and now we can't go in because they're giants. What a letdown. So they throw this big pity party if nothing else. But you realize what keeping them out of the promised land is not God. It's their lack of faith. It's their fear. It's their fear that discourages them. A problem. I said this on Wednesday and Blake was talking when Blake spoke. Talking about Goliaths. Why doesn't God send Zacchaeus sized problems? Why does he always send Goliath sized problems? You know, because Zacchaeus' problem, we can take care of ourselves. But a Goliath-sized problem causes us to depend on God more. The bigger the problem, that's when it really is a problem. But that's when we got to look at a bigger God than the problem. You got to look past how big your problem is to see how bigger your God is. Because if you focus on the problem rather than look beyond the problem to God, you will get discouraged. And when we get discouraged, number four, the natural thing that comes so naturally to all the Israelites and to all of us, when we get discouraged, we complain. We complain. Verse 2, it says, all night long after this prayer meeting that they had, uh, 14 verse 2, it says, all the Israelites, what? Grumbled grumbled against Moses and Aaron and the whole assembly said to them, if only we had died in Egypt or in the wilderness. When things don't go your way and you get so discouraged, guess what is going to happen next? If you keep looking at things through your perspective, you will start complaining. And there is one thing that God hates is someone who murmurs. Instead of going before God and throwing themselves in front of God and says, God, this is an impossible situation, but we trust in you. What do they do? Complain. Cry and complain. It was better in Egypt. Better in Egypt. Let's go back to that place that enslaved us for so many years. You know? and, and if you really read, Aaron and Moses are so mad, they rip their clothes off. God is mad with them. But Aaron has to intercede in between and he says, God, just... Just, what will the Egyptians say? They're not thinking right. Again, please don't be driven by a natural instinct. Because that will very often lead to fear. We whine and complain, you know, and truly when we are so upset, discouraged, we come up with the most ridiculous plans ever. Don't make those decisions when you are upset. You've heard that before. Because what they decide to do, what they think is a great idea is to go back to the place where what? They were slaves. The problem wasn't, the, they didn't have a problem with the slavery. Here's the truth. What they really wanted was predictability. Even though we are slaves, we know what to expect from them. We struggle when we can't predict what's going to happen. We struggle because they didn't know what was going to happen when they went to the promised land. They would rather go back and be miserable but still know what's going to happen. How many of us struggle to give up control, total control to God? Because when we struggle to give up control, we are looking through the eyes of fear 
saying, I know what's better for my life than trusting God and say, you know what's better for my life. They didn't want to be challenged. They didn't want to be stretched. They would rather fall back into something that's comfortable even though it was miserable. Number five, we whine and then, of course, right at the end, we blame Moses and Aaron and then what? Then they blame God. And then they blame God. Why is the Lord bringing us, verse 3 and 4 in chapter 13 actually, why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children were will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they all said to each other, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. Please notice the progression in the way they are thinking. First what? The problem is so big. The problem is exaggerated more than anything else. And then of course they start complaining about things. They complain about things and then they start getting angry with Moses and then they get angry with God himself. Because they struggle to see things through the eyes of faith. Rather they are led by their own natural eyesight if you want to call it that. The problems become bigger than they really are. They become smaller. Their whole self-esteem basically they rather call themselves grasshoppers than children of God. And then they cry about it and they're so discouraged because they cry about it. And after all this crying then they come to complain and blame the first person they see. Moses this is your fault. And then they go from blaming Moses to God. God, you are the reason we failed all this while. You are the reason for all this misfortune that's happening in my life right now. Blaming God because he's not willing to take them to the promised land. Here's the thing. They just wanted to go and just walk through. They didn't want to work for something God had in store for them. Too many of us are so entitled by our sense of faith. That we are not willing to get down and dirty to achieve what God has in store for us. We live in a world that is so entitled. And that's how we behave sometimes. I'm your child God. Now you do this for me. Come on. We're not willing to get down and get dirty like I said for God. We try. Here's the thing. David says I will not give, give God something that does not cost me. If you want to see this church grow. It will cost you. And it's not talking about your paycheck or your tithes or anything else. That's just a natural. If you aren't willing to sacrifice and serve God out of a sacrificial heart, we will never grow. Trust him even though it costs you something. You have got to be willing to step out in faith and challenge those giants. You've got to fight. God will give you the victory. God will fight that battle, but you still got to go out and swing that sword. He empowers you. Blessed be the Lord my God who trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle. There are times when we just be still and let God take care of them. He'll bring those walls down, but they still had to go in and destroy the rest of things. Please understand the partnership that God is calling each and every one of us to. If we want to see growth, we have got to be willing to sacrifice. Don't allow fear. Oh, how will I? If I sacrifice this, what's going to happen to me on this side? Don't allow fear to get in. God will take care of you. He will take care of you. Do not allow fear. Do not allow 
your natural eyes to lead you and guide you. Now let's look at the other side. When we look through faith, when we look at things through God's perspective, when we look at things through our spiritual eyes, we may see an unfinished stone, but what God sees is a masterpiece. When we look at our, through our natural eyes, we may see something negative, but God sees the potential in that negative because he's able to turn that into a positive. When we look at things through our natural eyes, we will lose hope. But when we look at things through God's eyes, we will have hope. Fear does one thing. Faith does exactly the opposite. Faith does exactly the opposite. Faith shrinks my problem. Faith shrinks my problem because I'm seeing it from God's perspective. I always use, um, most of you know, I love the Houston Rockets, especially when Yao Ming played. And I probably shared his story. I don't know. We went and watched him and we went right down to the court. Now, Aiden... Compared to Aiden, Aiden is whatever, you know, like he's a small kid. But then I go stand beside someone who's seven foot six and I was like, oh, that's a perspective change, you know. And that's what we got to do. Look at how big God is in front of how big that problem really is. Because then you look at it and you say, hey, compared to Yao Ming, Aiden is nobody. Compared to a big God, this problem is nothing. That's what faith is all about. Faith shrinks the problem. Instead of exaggerating the problem, faith shrinks the problem. Because we see not a small God, we see a big God who's bigger than the biggest problem that will ever come across your life. That's what faith is all about. You take it to God. Take it to God. You don't have to depend on the results. All you got to do is take it to God because you know there is a God who is able there's nothing impossible with him, it says. You don't have to worry about the results anymore. All you got to do is take it to God. Take it to God. Get the right perspective. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Nothing. We know these promises. Faith focuses on God who is bigger than the biggest problem we will ever face. Number two, faith opens the door for a miracle. Faith opens the door for a miracle. Why do I say this? Because if we have faith like a mustard seed, even though that real size is just that much, the potential in that seed can tell a mountain to be gone and go and cast itself into the sea and it will be done. Faith opens the door for a miracle almost all the time. And here's the truth. If you read the Bible... Almost all the time when God worked something miraculous, it was because someone was willing to take a step of faith. They had to fill, think about it as reading the Gospels, they had to fill those jars with water before it turned into wine. I mean, what? Why are you telling us to fill water in those things? You know, we could have argued and talked all about it. All they did was obey. And when they obeyed, they saw God move. Obedience is taking that step of faith. I cannot tell you time and time again in my own life, and I don't say this to brag. I just brag about how big our God is. Amen. When we step out in faith, he honors faith. He honors faith. It opens the door for a miracle. Have faith. It says, if anyone has faith, he says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their hearts, but believes what they say, it will happen. 
it will happen with God nothing is impossible if you want to see a miracle in your life are you willing to step out in faith are you willing to step out in faith and here's the thing i always the disclaimer here is just because you don't get an answer doesn't mean you lack faith it only means that you need to just hold on to god more that's it just because you don't get your miracle it doesn't mean that you lack faith it simply means you've got to trust him more trust him more if you don't let me and this is kind of a challenging statement if you don't step out in faith you will never see your miracle i know that's a real absolute statement to make but i'm becoming more and more convinced about it challenge you this morning step out in faith if you need a miracle if only think about it if only the israelites had stepped out in faith what would have happened if only they had just been willing to listen and see things from god's perspective imagine what would have happened let me put it this way when you step out in faith you position yourself in the best place for a miracle god is still gracious enough to do something even when you're totally living in disobedience he still do miracles in your life but when you step out in faith it positions you in the best place possible to receive a miracle god's perspective shrinks my problem opens the door for a miracle and going with that it says it moves god to act on my behalf because that is the very nature and essence of god when we cry out to him he answers when we step out in faith he will answer that again God is not that magic genie in that magic bottle. We don't manipulate God in that way at all. We stand on his promises, but when we step out in faith, he moves on our behalf. He works on our behalf. Think of all these stories if, if you read the gospels again Jairus's daughter blind Bartimaeus you think about the woman with the issue of blood when they were healed what did Jesus say the statement was the same it's your faith that has healed you it's your faith that has saved you without faith it's impossible to please god but when you step out in faith because of his very nature when you say god i'm doing this because i'm convinced this is what you are calling me to do he will never let you go he will work on your behalf again we're not twisting god's arm here at all i'm not trying to twist god's arm to get what i want but when we step out in faith God honors that faith. God honors that faith according to your faith that will be given to you the Bible said. Someone said if you expect God to do a little, he will do a little. If you expect God to do more, he will do more. If you expect him to do nothing, he will do nothing. When I trust him and step out in faith, God works on my behalf. He works on my behalf they took that first step into the river jordan and guess what happened to that river jordan it parted you've got to step out in faith um, when you step out in faith let's put it simply this way god will work in a supernatural way beyond your wildest dreams or imagination 
You've got to step out in faith. Shrinks my problems, positions me for a miracle, moves God to work on my behalf. And here, faith unlocks the promises of God. Faith unlocks the promises of God. There are over 7,000 promises in his word. And when we step out in faith, all his promises are what? Yes and amen in Christ Jesus. That's his promise. That's his promise. This illustration with a preacher used, he was like, what would happen if you got, if you found a letter that said, the person who finds this letter is going to get a million dollars. How many of you would be interested? I know I would. But if you, can't find, if you can't find out who wrote the letter, does it mean anything? Nothing. It's exactly how God's word is. If we don't really know who wrote this word and know the author of this word, all the promises mean nothing. Amen. We've got to understand more than just the word. We need to know who he is and how do we know it? Through his word again. Amen. We can't stand on his promise if we really don't live for him. Yes, again, in his grace and his mercy, he will bless us. But for us to really unlock the promises of God, we've got to step out in faith. And because we know him, we have that boldness to come to him and call him Abba Father. Because of what Jesus has done, he tore that veil in half. And now we can go straight into God's presence himself. If we want to see God's promises unlocked in our lives, we have got to be willing to step out in faith. Now please know there's a difference between faith and recklessness. You can't say or I can't say, you know, God, you promised to protect me and then drive 100 miles an hour in rush hour traffic. <laughs> oh God, you promised to take care of me and so jump off a cliff into the water when I don't know how to swim. I've done that, but I had friends at the bottom who I knew, I trusted. But you get the point here. Reckless faith is an abuse of faith. Faith is given to us to use responsibly. Responsible faith. We step out in faith. And here, let me say this. Because I've met a lot of people who they get an idea. There's this door that opens and they just jump in. Get all excited and they go for it without really seeking God, really trying to find out what God has to say through his word about that situation without seeking wise counsel. And when things don't work out like the way they want to, guess what? God, I stepped out in faith and I trusted you and guess what? You let me down. That is reckless faith. God wants us to exercise faith responsibly. That's why he gave us a body of believers. That's why he gave us leaders in the church. That's why he gave us his word. Amen. We step out in faith, but do it responsibly. God unlocks the promises of God. And a simple one that I want to emphasize in is that ability to fulfill the promise. The dream that he gave you. That dream. He brings those dreams into reality when we decide to trust him. When we decide to live by faith, he turns that dream into reality. Joseph had a dream. It took so many years, but through it all, he held onto his faith and wouldn't deny him. If you want to see your dream, that promise be fulfilled and become reality, you have got to be willing to trust him.
live by faith. It's got to be done in God's way. Trust that he will do it in his way and in his time. His way and in his time. Faith brings dreams to reality. Church, do not be afraid to dream. Do not be afraid to dream. There's a difference between daydreaming and dreaming through the word, in the word. Challenge you now. Dream. Get a dream from God. He is faithful to fulfill and bring the dream into reality. All we got to do is step out and live by faith and trust him. And lastly, faith gives me the power. Because he gave me a dream, because I choose to just trust him that he will unlock that dream and bring it to reality, he gives me the power to persevere through the tough times. Because I know he has promised this and he's able to do it and he will do it. I decide to hang on to him. And when I hold on to him, he holds me much stronger than I can hold on to him. I always use the example very often when we cross the road. Aiden, you know, he holds my hand. But much more than him holding my hand, I hold his hand when we cross the road. That's what faith is all about. When we put our hand in God's hand, yes, we hold on to God. But trust me, 99% of the power is God's power holding on to you. He gives you the power to make it through the tough decisions when you choose to put your hand in the hands of God. When you choose to live your faith, live your life in faith. When you choose, if I said before, when you dare to trust Him when everything else is gone. He will give you the power to endure whatever comes your way. He gives me the power to hold on in the tough times. I cannot do it in my own strength. But when I trust him, he fills me with that supernatural power to hold on. To stay the course. Not give up and quit. He gives me the power Why do we need that? Because truth is this. Faith does not always take away the problem. Faith gives us perseverance through the problem. Faith does not always take away the pain, but gives us the strength to make it through the pain. Faith isn't going to make everything here like heaven. This is earth. It's never going to be like heaven. But his faith will give us the power. Even in the midst of the deepest, darkest storm, it's not going to be. And when you feel all alone, it's not going to be your friends. It's not going to be your family. It's going to be your faith in God that will sustain you. Your faith in God will sustain you when your world and dreams and everything else that you try to build up comes crashing down. It's your faith that will see you through. When everybody comes against you and everything that you have, the world itself has come crashing down on you. Your faith will hold you strong. He is that rock that you can stand on so that the storm will not get to you. That is what faith in him is all about. And I dare you to trust him. Trust him today. God, I have no idea why this is happening to me. But I choose to trust you. I choose to trust you. That's the faith God honors. That's the faith that God gives. That's the faith that he wants to see from us. God, I choose to trust you. 
Paul says, we were hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Why? Because he knew what it meant to live by faith in the power of God. You can do your worst, but I am standing on the rock. On Christ, the solid rock, I stand. Bow your heads with me at this time. The challenge is real. Encourage, challenge, dare you to trust Him. Trust Him even when it does not make sense. Trust Him and see things through His perspective, not an earthly human perspective. Dare you and challenge you to see things from the spiritual perspective, not just from the natural. See things in the supernatural. I pray that same prayer that Elisha prayed upon his servant. God, open his eyes that he will see you and for you who you, who you really are. That you will see things through God's perspective and not be limited by human vision. Because if you depend on the human, if you depend on the natural, fear will grip your heart. Fear will, and trust me, when that creeps in, the devil knows how to use that against you. The devil knows how to use that against you. You begin to emphasize and see and focus so much on the problem and not realize how much bigger God is. You know the example, it's like me putting my hand in front of my eyes and saying how much bigger my hand is compared to the sun. No, the sun is way bigger than my hand. All I need to see is see through the supernatural realm. How big my God is compared to the problem I'm going through right now. He knows what you are going through. He knows where you are. If you're going through a trial trouble, pain, problem. I want you to make up your mind to trust Him. Focus on Him rather than the problem. If you want to see a miracle, I challenge you to step out in faith because when you step out in faith, it opens. You position yourself for a miracle, but you moves. it moves God to work on your behalf. You've got to step out in faith and choose and say, God, I trust you. I have no idea how I'm going to make it, but I trust you. I have no idea how this is going to happen in this time. By this deadline, I have no idea what's going to happen after that, but I trust you. I trust you. challenge you trust him you focus on the problem it's going to discourage you soon 
you're going to start getting discouraged. You're going to start having like the Israelites there. Wept all night. All because they, they blamed God. But it wasn't God's problem. It was their problem. Choose to trust Him today, church. God, I don't know how you're going to do it. But I choose to trust Jehovah Jireh because He provides for me. I trust you, God. I have no idea what's happening in my family. I have no idea what's happening at my job. I have no idea what's going to happen in the future. But I choose to trust you. I choose to trust you, God. Let me remind you, those of you who've been praying and stepping out in faith and living and trusting God, but you don't have an answer yet, let me remind you, that is not a lack of faith on your part. It only means you need to hold on to God for a little while longer. Choose to hold on to Him. Choose to trust Him. God, this morning, we choose to trust You. Stretch us, Lord. I know You're going to stretch us. You're going to build our faith, God. Stretch us, Lord. Prepare our hearts, Lord. Build our faith, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let's all stand to our feet and worship God for a minute.